Matthew chapter 7, verse number 15. While you're turning, let me thank you for your attendance this week at our banquet. We had a tremendous time Friday evening. Um, wonderful turnout, great food, great entertainment. And uh, I don't know where part two of that message is. So if you came wanting to hear part two, I'm not going to even touch what they had. So this is just something totally different. But thank you. We had a tremendous time. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to probably take this verse by verse in more of an expository fashion. But this is what it says, verse 15. Beware of false prophets. Come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. I'm going to stop reading, but I will continue throughout the lesson today uh, reading the rest of this chapter. But this is what I want to talk to us about today. Masters of the masquerade, masters of the masquerade. Lord bless you as you're seated. <clears throat> Had a friend one time who cared a whole lot about what people thought. And that's a miserable state to live in when you care a whole lot about what people think about you. It's an invisible prison whereby you're continually held captive by public opinion. Uh, some of the greatest liberty a person can feel is not caring what other people think about. It's true. And this guy was all about the image. It was all about wearing the certain clothes, driving a certain car, always had to have the latest and the greatest. I don't know if you know anybody like that, but he was one of them. And I remember he had this Rolex that he was proud of wearing that Rolex. His dad gave him that Rolex. And he let everybody know it was a Rolex, one of them kind of people, you know. And I was with him one day when something wasn't working on the Rolex. I don't remember what it was. And we brought it. We were out of town and we went to the mall and dropped it off at this Rolex store to get fixed, whatever. And I remember when he come out of that store, he was pretty upset because... They told him it wasn't a real Rolex. Now he was led to believe it was real. And I'm not saying anybody lied to him. 
And he took the stance that the guy didn't know what he's talking about. But I'm pretty sure if you work at a Rolex store, you can tell a real one from a fake one. He was so disappointed that what he thought was authentic, what he thought was the real thing, turned out to be a fraud. There's a disappointment in people when they see that what was supposed to be isn't really what it turned out to be. Because when you label something in your mind that this is this, and you find out otherwise, it breeds and plants a seed of distrust in your spirit. We judge things based off what we see on the outside. I'm not much of an illustration guy. I'm just, I'm old-fashioned. But if, if, if I'd have thought about it until now, if I brought a bunch of McDonald's cheeseburgers up here and it was in a McDonald's cheeseburger wrapper, everybody would think it was a McDonald's cheeseburger because you will form an opinion based off what you see. But I could have just an old bologna sandwich cut out in a circle put in there wrapped in that wrapper but you're going to think it's a McDonald's cheeseburger because you judged it off of what's on the outside, not what's on the inside. It's not that you're bad, it's that you're human. You, we, judge off of what we see. But only God sees on the inside. So, since we can't see what's on the inside, then the, the Lord said, you're going to have to give it time so you can see what manifests itself over time called fruit. It takes time for a tree to bear fruit. You cannot judge the tree by its roots, by its bark, by its trunk, or by its leaves because it'll all look the same. You have to judge it by the fruit that it bears. I grew up as a as a kid, and I've said it here before, and, and don't please don't label me as carnal because some of you have come and talked to me that you did the same thing, but you were adults. I used to love wrestling. I'm talking not the fake stuff or all this stuff they got now, but back in the day when it was Mid-South and, and NWA, y'all know what I'm talking about. It was that old when it was real. It was believable. But you know what? Those people were portraying to be something that they weren't. And they lived. In fact, I, I, I listened to a bunch of different wrestlers talking. They said the worst place to go wrestle was in Louisiana. He said, because those Cajuns started drinking. And he said, we come out and have no tires or slash tires. They'd have guns with them at the, at the shows because they thought that the bad guys were really like that in real life. They were portraying something. What do you think actors do? They portray to be something that they're not. They're portraying. They're playing a role. And when Jesus stepped on the scene, 
and was talking about this, he was looking at a bunch of people that were religious actors. They were portraying to be something that he knew. He, he said, y'all are painted up white sepulchers, but I'm looking on the inside. And you're full of dead men's bones. You're acting like you're religious. You're acting like you're close to me and you're righteous. But he said, you're not anything that you're portraying to be. And, 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 and the question comes to my mind. See, we like to think of Jesus as he's nothing but love and grace and mercy. And he is all of that. But he was also bold enough to, to call a spade a spade. And if he walked up in our churches and looked at us, what would he say about us? Would he look at us like he looked at them and said, y'all are all about religion and, 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 and tradition? Or would he say, y'all are the real thing? We have become masters of portraying to the public what we want them to see. And we always want people to see us in a positive light. But the truth is we all wear a mask. Somehow, somewhere, it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when they had fig leaves to try to cover up what they didn't want people to see. You ever stop and think that nobody tries to cover the good stuff? They only try to cover the bad stuff. You want people to see the good, hide the bad. God sees it all. Good and bad. He sees it all. But we somehow think if we can fool people, we can fool God. And the Bible says, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. You could take this book right here and you give it enough time you could make this book fit everything you do, right and wrong. You can justify it. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. The Lord pondereth the heart. Jacob, you know the story, but I'll paraphrase it very quickly. It was time to give the birthright. It was time to, to bestow the blessing. And his mother heard Isaac send Esau to go get venison. And she said, go get me some goats and we'll take the skin and we'll, I'll cook up some savory meat. And so he goes in there and he put on a, a facade, all the, all the goat hair, and had the venison. And Isaac, who's blind basically, he says, you feel and you smell like Esau, but the voice is the voice of Jacob. See, that's a, that's a typology of the Lord. You can fool everybody on the outside, but God knows what's on the inside. He, he discerns the voice. And, and, and you've got to be careful because what's going to happen is you'll start getting confused as to who the real you is. Someone once said, and it's been said here before, it, those who, who tell the truth don't have to have a good memory. You just tell it like it is. Just tell the truth. But I've met people, in fact, here just last week, I think it was last week, had a gentleman at the church 
Oh, he was hanging out in the back between the, the buildings. And uh, Brother Donnie Michaud was here with me. And uh, opened the door and I saw him. And asked, what you need? You need some help? He starts telling me this big, long story. And I'm all about helping people. I, I'm at the top of the list for helping people. For people that need help. You know what I'm saying? And he starts telling me this, this story about he needs propane and he's been out of uh, electricity for six months and, and he's served 18 years in jail. And he's going all this big long story. And I said, well, buddy, I said, listen. I said, if you need some propane, I'll go buy you some propane, but I'm not going to give you any money. Uh, I'll help you, but I'm not going to help you like the way you're wanting help. I'll help you with your needs, not your wants. So Brother Donnie rode with me, and, and uh, we got in the vehicle. I said, uh, you ever heard about the Holy Ghost? Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And then he starts telling all this kind of stuff, and I said, I said, all right. I said, how long have you been out, out of jail? He said, oh, three, four, five months. I said, all right. How long have you been out of electricity? Six months. Hold on a minute here. Well, so then my wheels start turning, and I'm going to start seeing how, how far he'll spin this yarn. And so I started asking him more questions. And by the time we went and got propane, got him back to his house, I know he told me five lies because everything contradicted. And, 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 and I, we helped him anyway, tried to tell him about the Lord and the Holy Ghost and all that kind of stuff. But if you're always telling the truth, you don't have to try to cover all your bases. Just tell the truth. The truth speaks for itself. You know, what's worse is we expect people in the world to be like the world. But where people get hurt is when they see someone in the church act like somebody in the world. Because you're not supposed to do that or be like that. And you see they're not authentic. And that's where we get hurt. There's no hurt like church hurt. No hurt like church hurt. There's people not sitting on these pews tonight because of church hurt. Because they saw the human side of people. The human side. My pastor told me when I first started evangelizing, he said, I protected you from the underbelly of Pentecost as long as I could. He said, you're going to get out there and you're going to start traveling and you're going to be around all types of people and all types of preachers. He said, but remember what I'm fixing to tell you. Before they're a man of God, they're first a man. That didn't make sense to me because I hadn't started traveling yet. But about six months later, it made a whole lot of sense. Because just because someone has the Holy Ghost does not mean they will stop doing wrong. The Holy Ghost does not stop a person from doing wrong. You know what helps keep a person on the right track? Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. The word 
is what helps them. You can take somebody that doesn't know anything. They come down here, get the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, born again. But if they never open the word, they'll struggle all their life because it's the sincere milk of the word of God. And that milk will turn to meat. That's why when I preach, I try to give milk and I try to give meat because you have people all different spiritual levels. You have people that are still nursing and they got to have it broke down in a manner whereby they can digest it. And then you have other people that are more mature and they need something stronger. Some are on milk, some are on meat. And you have to be able to give something to minister to all of them. Does that make sense? And Jesus said, he said, there's going to be some people False prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. I mean, let me just pause and say this. I, Lord, help me. I don't know if I'll get through all this. There's a difference between a prophet that made a false statement and a false prophet. What's the difference? The difference is one was a mistake and the rest is a lifestyle. Not everybody's 100% in giving a word from the Lord. Nobody is 100%. Nobody. A person can make a statement feeling like it was from God. But all of a sudden is, we look at it and go, they missed it. Well, let me just, hold on just a minute. When someone gives a word from the Lord, you don't know the time frame for which it's going to take place. There's words that God's given and it took years to come to pass. So just because it don't happen right then, and it doesn't make sense to you, doesn't mean they're a false prophet. But someone who's repeatedly given false words is a false prophet. False prophet. He said, you will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. The fruit of the Spirit, as outlined in Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, that's the dimension we're supposed to live in, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So if we're supposed to walk in the Spirit, then there has to be evidence that we're doing. What is the evidence? The fruit. The fruit is the evidence. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance against such there is no law. So he continues. He says this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, 
I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now this is Jesus saying this is going to happen. So there's a good chance that we're going to see at the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to say these exact words to people. you got to remember Jesus right here is talking to them has already been to the end. He already knows what's going to happen. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Gifts do not identify a person as in right standing with the Lord. Fruit does. But we're, there's this mystique about people that operate in the gifts. We tell you what the problem with, with relying solely on the gifts the, is this is the problem. It will lead to pride. Because you'll start thinking that you can do it. You know, you can learn how to operate in a gift and then no longer walk in truth and still operate in your gift because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. There's people right now. In fact, one of the most dangerous levels that uh, dimensions you can operate in is an ESP. Anybody in here can tap into ESP. It's the vibration dimension. I know of two evangelists right now. Well, they're, they're dead, but they were traveling together and they wanted to see how easy it was to tap into the ESP dimension. They pull up to the hotel. They stop. They sit in their car, and they just wait and meditate, and they tap into it, and then they would say the room number that they were going to be assigned. And seven out of ten times they were right, because that's that easy. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost to tap tap into the vibration dimension. That's the human spirit. You could tap into that, and so there's people that rely on the flesh. And because God honors his name, you know, God's bound to his word and he's bound to his name. That's why there's people that's not Pentecostal getting healed. It's not because God approves of their lifestyle. It's not because he approves of their doctrine. But he says, I'm bound to my word. That if you believe in the power of my name, I will do it. There's mega evangelists and televangelists. You people say, you think all that's real? I really think people are getting the Holy Ghost, not getting the Holy Ghost, but are getting healed. You know why? Because God's honoring his word. He's not honoring that man. He's honoring his word. He's, he is literally bound to his word. It says, if they will believe the power of my name, I will do it. But what people, people mistake that action as God's approval is not. It's not God's approval. Fruit is what God's looking for, not gifts. You can start relying upon your flesh. I, I remember this story of a man who was used mightily, and he was brought to this big crusade to pray for people. And they had a big prayer line. And he started praying for people, and he turned around after just a few people, and he said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Started walking off. And they brought him out and said, brother, all these people came to pray for you to pray for them to be healed. So he started praying some more. And after a few more people, he turned around and took off running. He said, I can't do it. It's too strong. It's too strong. And on the way out, he threw something in the trash can. And he took out. And they went and got out of the trash can. And it was a charm that he had got 
to tap into the spirit world because he stopped relying on God and started relying upon the flesh. Gifts do not mean someone's right with God. They don't mean someone's right with God. In fact, the most gifted church was the church in Corinth. Scripture said that they came behind in no gift. But Paul spent two letters trying to straighten them out because they were so gift-driven that they didn't have the fruit. A balanced church and a balanced congregation and individual will have gifts and fruit balanced. Everything should be done decent and in order. And there's times, hasn't happened yet, but I've been in churches it has happened, where 75 people had a word from God in tongues when nobody had an interpretation. Paul said, let it be done by two or three in course and that no more. When I was an evangelist, it wasn't my job to govern the church because I wasn't the pastor. But I've seen them, she has a word, she has a word, she has a word, he has a word. And all you have all these words and you have no interpretation. Well, that brings confusion. That's not, that's not how God operates. God is not about confusion. He's about things being done decent and in order. So he continues, and I'm going. I'm hurrying. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended. The floods came, and the winds blew, and bare or beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You had typology, of course. Two people built the same house, looked the same on the outside. Everything was the same. They went through the same storm. But the difference was what you couldn't see. And that was what it was built on. I've seen people go through the same services, hear the same word, the same songs. And when the storm came, one of them could stand it. You know what reveals what you're made of, what you're built on? The storm. The storm. You can't stop the storm from coming. But you can control what you build everything on. I know this. The more concrete you pour and the stronger the foundation, the more it's going to cost you. See, that's the difference between people who weather the storm is one was willing to pay the price. I, I've only built one house and I'm not a builder. I can't build a dog house. I can't build a bird house. I just, I'm just not, not a builder. And I had them blueprints. Can't even read them. Don't even know what all that is. I just knew I paid the lady. Draw me some plans. And the guy came and he said, uh, how do you want all your footings? Didn't even know what a footing was. I said, well, whatever it says on that paper, that's what we're going to do. We got to pouring or they got to digging and they dug uh, 24 inches all the way around the exterior of the house. 
And then 18 inches every wall of the house. 18 inches deep every wall. Now I'm telling you, that was a lot of concrete. That guy, the guy doing the concrete, he said, I think we can do everything about 70 yards. Pour everything 70 yards. So I did the math. I got my total here. All right, 70 yards is what I got. They were still pouring footings at 62 yards. I had so much concrete. And that guy who was my contractor, he said, I don't know why in the world we got all these footings. I just looked at him. I said, that's what I'm paying you for. He said, we don't need all this. He said, you can just do 18 on the exterior and just very about six inches in the middle. He said, but I'll tell you what. You're going to have a strong foundation. That strong foundation turned out to be 113 yards of concrete. And it cost me a lot of money. We sold that house. The only thing I told my wife, I said, well, one thing about it, these people got a strong foundation on this house. We had concrete for days. When you, when you make sure the foundation is what it's supposed to be, it's usually going to cost you more. You're going to pay a higher price, but you know what? You're going to be there throughout all the storms. There's people I could think of in my own life and people in your life that you can think about and when the storm came, they didn't, they'd never consecrated enough and made enough investment in this thing to weather the storm. They weren't willing to pay the price. There's going to be people stand before the Lord that paid prices that nobody will ever know. You cannot, you cannot judge the entire kingdom through a local lens because the kingdom of God is bigger than anybody could ever imagine. Do you realize how long it'll take at the judgment seat of Christ? But time is not going to matter because you're going to be there for eternity. If it took a thousand years to get through all the people that's ever lived, it won't matter because we're not going to be bound by time. And Bible says everybody's going to be rewarded under their, under their good deeds and under their evil deeds because God keeps accurate detail. And there's going to be people that made it into heaven that didn't have a fraction of what we had in our possession. They didn't have a fraction. You realize it doesn't take all this to live for God. Stop and, and, and get every, all, everything aside and look at it. There's people that live for God that don't have hardly anything. But they love the Lord. And they reach people and they pray. They pray. We've got to make sure that when people see us, they see him. That's it. We don't want to wear a mask. We don't want to put on a facade. You know, there's some people, when they're with this person, they're this way. Then when they're with this person, they're going to act like this. Then over here at church, they're going to be like this. No. You're going to be the same. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to be the same person. You're going to be the same person on the platform that you are at Walmart. You're going to have the same faith at Walmart that you have at this altar. You realize you don't have to have the right environment to pray for somebody. You can pray for them right there. It don't matter what's going on. You can be the light. 
Bible says it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Here's why they were astonished. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The difference between Jesus and the scribes was he operated the authority of the Spirit. The scribes were operating under religious, religious tradition. And what set him apart was the authority that he operated in. But the Welch spoke Wednesday night of taking spiritual authority. That does not mean in an aggressive, angry manner. It means in understanding your identity and who you are in God. Because we have way too many people that are suffering from an identity crisis. They don't know who they are in God. God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. Every generation. In fact, I'm going to read it to you. I've probably read it here before. Matthew chapter 1. It's one of those, it's one of those um, chapters that you probably skip over because it's boring. Let me find it. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 1. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David under the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. But you take the time to count them in your own and you'll find that from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ Christ was only the 13th generation mentioned because we are children of the Lord and we are the 14th generation in the spirit. That means the people that got the book, that got the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts are the same generation spiritually as everybody that gets the Holy Ghost in Wallace Ridge. We're all equal. We're all joint heirs with Christ. There's nobody that's better than anybody. There's no seniority in the kingdom of God. Everybody can be who God's called you to be. But it takes an honesty on our part to be transparent. Take off the fig leaves. Take off the mask. There has, there's going to be people walk through this door that they know that they've made mistakes. They know that they've made a mess of their life. But you know what? They're going to need to come into an environment of honest people that says, hey, we've all made mistakes, but we're here because of the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ that can turn our life around. Stand with me right now. We need to take off the mask. We need to 